Hi, everyone, and thank you very much for tuning in to this flagship launch on SiriusXM this weekend. A big shout out to all my listeners over there. By the way, at Worldwide Christian Radio, we are simulcasting. So a big shout out to all you people around the globe. And listen, I'm really excited, folks, because this is a good friend of my program, and I think the world is ready for him now. And I am really proud of the work he's done. He officially has written four of my favorite, well, I have to say, Climate Hustle 1 and 2, amazing. His movies, his documentaries, his work, and now the launch of this book. You have to get a copy for your pastor, your friends, your neighbors. Buy as many copies as you can, folks, because look up on your screen. And uh, yes, I am an anti cricket and you know listen i'm not an anti-vaxxer folks i'm anti-death and we're gonna get into the death cult today he needs no introduction it is the one the only good friend of the program it is mark morano mark welcome back to the program well, thank you, Sheila. Happy to be here today. Appreciate it. And, and uh, congratulations on uh, Sirius XM. Thank you. Well, congratulations on the launch of your book. I know, okay, I'm not blowing smoke, but OMG. <laughs> like this thing is a WMD into the kingdom of darkness. Wow. Well, thank you. Yeah, I tried to make it comprehensive and I, if I'm, I'm trying to appeal to liberals and the people in the center who weren't aware of all the COVID insanity. No, listen, you did the perfect balance, but I would never want to, you know, appeal to liberals. You've been going to these death cult meetings for, you know, how many years? And so is it amazing to see our work fine, you know, because 12 years ago, no one cared about the death cult. And now that it's affecting people's lives. They're, they care now. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, they do. In fact, I, you know, absolutely right. I mean, I was, I stuck mostly with vaccine mandates because when I had my deadline, all the data too on the vaccines wasn't yeah. coming out. But, yeah. but I think that's actually, I'm happy I did that because some people you just turn up, oh, it's an anti-vax book. Instead, it's an anti-vax mandate book. And I, I also leave in Robert F. Kennedy Jr.'s and others suggesting the danger of the vaccine, but, but I don't go into it. So I don't you, push this point. I was no, trying to scare people no. about government. Well, we got to lighten up on three hots in a cot, but now because he did a good, we have to lighten a yes. little bit up on Robert. I, I granted him full amnesty. I said all is forgiven <laughs> in this book for how he's fought on the, on the COVID. And by the way, if you've noticed Robert F. Kennedy Jr., he'll talk a few times about all the science is bad, but he has dropped climate by and large. Oh, His organization yeah. will have a couple articles. I don't hear him pushing anything anymore and even like naomi wolf says the green new deal it's fascism the chapter i enjoyed writing was the liberal chapter about all the liberals that are getting red-pilled but jimmy Dore is actually now questioning the scientific yes. consensus yeah. russell brand is reaching out saying well i happen to think climate's a big problem but if you don't that's fine i want you to join me oh i mean we're really God. making progress with these former alarmists who are walking away from the issue you know if they boot me off the first two like i only just launched last week and if they boot me off for telling the truth like you know because you know how I am I don't hold back and I don't censor my guests so you know they might kick me off before I even get you, started. there's no like misinformation policy they don't come to you and say oh you 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 contradicted the world health uh, recommendation <laughs> therefore it's misinformation <laughs> no they'll say you contradicted the IPCC you know that David Suzuki's got a real little death cult following the little maggot he's a doctor in fruit flies have you ever heard of him yeah, yeah, I've interviewed him and talked to him. Oh, yeah. he's a little he's the one weasel. That he got, yeah, he's, yes, he was at the UN conference in Madrid a few years ago. Okay, very quickly, got to say a big shout out to my Uncle Wally.
Kelly, who actually knew that Mark Morano was 20 years with us. So happy 20th anniversary to Mark. Thank you, Wally, for all your support. Keep up the fight against the Greens, and we'll be back at you after this next UN Summit. Keep fighting. By the way, Kim Kartrashian, as I call her, she's now the guru for the plant-based crap and all these bugs and stuff. Like, I didn't know Kim Kardashian was on. That's great. But anyway, <laughs> listen, you should do like a little, like I have a couple ideas. Floating in the pool with Al Gore. In the back alley with Michael E. Mann with a hockey stick in Egypt. That would be fun. Oh, Mark Stein's lawsuit's coming against Michael Mann. I yes. think it's coming in a couple months, I just heard. Yes, so, yeah. it is. Apparently and, you know, it's because of jurisdictional issues. I guess Canada can't make an American pay in that kind of a lawsuit. It's something like But that's just propaganda because that happened. I mean, Canada's such a <coughs> hellhole. But, you know, just real quick, you do know that Pierre Elliott Trudeau, Justin Trudeau's father, was the one that implemented the Sustainable Development Goals back in the early 70s when he was prime minister, don't you? Yes, yeah. Close with Maurice Strong, too, right? And Very also Fidel Castro. Yep. <laughs> Castro fathered his kid. Who knows? He loves China, though. We know that. Well, congratulations on the launch of your book. I know there were so many problems during the last three years of this pandemic. I know you could have launched it, like, what, six months before, but now it's here. Perfect timing. I want you to know this is the best book out there, period. Well, the book is you know, The Great Reset, Global Elites and the Permanent Lockdown. It was just released in September, uh, the last day of August of 2022. And as you mentioned, the timing, what's happened with this book, and people say, well, what is The Great Reset? And, and here it is in a couple sentences. My simplest definition, it's essentially abuse of emergency powers to bypass democracy and make the once free West imitate Chinese-style one-party authoritarianism. That's The Great Reset. And that's why they're so excited about lockdowns. That's why Jane Fonda said COVID was God's gift to the left. And that is why Joe Biden, according to the Associated Press in the Washington Post, is set to declare a national climate climate emergency, which the Center for Biological Diversity says will grant the president 130 new executive wartime powers to continue the COVID-style madness, this time with energy and climate regulations. And we've already seen this happening, the coming blackouts, the thermostat controls in Colorado, the ban on gas-powered cars. So the other simple definition of this, they are literally, and this is part of Build Back Better, the Great Reset, collapsing our transportation, our energy, our agriculture, and our free speech. And they're doing it all to essentially reset the world and set us up for a one-party style rule where we no longer get to make the decisions. Because if you look back at COVID, nothing was decided by democracy. In other words, churches were closed, schools were closed, businesses were closed, weddings and funerals were canceled, Walmart was allowed to stay open, abortion clinics were allowed to stay open, and there was not a single vote of parliaments, legislators, city halls, supervisors, representatives, state senates. This was all done through emergency decrees. Now, continuing along that same theme, the Green New Deal was introduced in Congress, never voted upon, not even scheduled for hearings, no town halls, nothing. Why? Because every cabinet agency of the, of the Biden administration is a climate agency, executive orders, ESG style defunding of all the projects. And if you look at every major issue, no one voted to ban meat eating, yet that's exactly what's happening as the net zero goals crush the Netherlands and largest meat exporter in Europe. No one voted to end high yield modern agriculture, yet that's exactly what's happening in Europe, in Canada, in Australia, coming to the United States. No one voted 
ban gas-powered cars, but that's exactly what's happening. Gavin Newsom banned gas-powered cars in California through executive order. California Air Resources Board, an unelected, unaccountable bureaucracy, came up with 2035. 17 states follow suit. Pete Buttigieg of the Biden administration, all excited. Biden administration looks like they're going to go along with it. World Bank has announced they're not going to fund gas-powered cars at the automaker level. Banks, starting with Australia, won't even give out car loans if you're buying a gas-powered car. So you see how this works? Everything I just mentioned was not one ounce of democracy involved. These are being imposed. That is the Great Reset, and it's not some future theory that could, might, may happen if we're not careful. It's happening. It's happening now, and we're living through it. Wow. You said so much. <laughs> Thanks for coming out. We're All right. Well, good. Nice interview. Talk to you later. Good night. Uh, sorry, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it's <laughs> really build back bankrupt it's the not so great reset because what they're trying to do is go back to something maury strong said women should have license to have babies thank god mark my mom didn't listen to him because i wouldn't be doing this interview maury strong said he got in a little bit of trouble years ago for saying that women should have licenses to have babies we've been reading these guys books for years steve malloy has talked about it with green hell net zero eat they're so anti-human they hate cars they hate kids but the emergency measures act is something that like I was involved in a trucker convoy my dad was a truck driver you were involved with domestic terrorists I'm shocked yeah shocked. yeah I know I know no I'm actually flagged my passport's flagged because I actually am a terrorist lost my 501c3 tax status in 2009 for talking about this stuff abortion and you know homosexuality and because the Bible's hate speech but in the Canadian trucker convoy Trudeau's actually on trial now for pulling out the emergency measures act so when you say these emergency measures mandates they go against our constitutional god-given rights you got hanoi jane her little depopulation husband there slick teddy turner running around saying we got this because we got global warming we've got too many people eating too much stuff here mark i mean they're not even hiding this crap anymore are they no they're not and one of the perverse things you just mentioned about ted turner who's a rancher and you got bill gates buying up the farmland his whole goal is to stop meat eating and make us eat lab grown meat which we can talk about in a little bit but the gist of this is they have predicted for decades Sheila, that climate change would cause shortages in food and we're going to have food shortages and famines because of climate change. We need to do something. Meanwhile, CO2 fertilization, according to NASA, is greening planet Earth. Deserts are shrinking. Crop yields are breaking records across the board. The only place they're endangered is the electrons of the hard drive of the climate modelers predicting doom 50 to 100 years from now with completely implausible and unscientific factors included in there in extreme scenarios. So what's happened is they're right. They may actually start creating famines, but it's not going to be because of climate change. It's because of their climate policies, which are crushing food. And then they're going to turn around and say, look, we told you so. Look, there's now famines. This is due to climate change. When in reality, it's due to their policies banning modern agriculture. And they're going to say, we need more climate policies. And they're going to create even bigger famines. And then they're going to say climate change is even worse. This is the vicious cycle. And then the ultimate goal here, and we're seeing this happen right now, in energy, in food, they're now saying that we literally need nationalization, that this is proof that the free market has failed and government needs to step in. We have energy blackouts because of the free market. We're going to have food shortages. And meanwhile, it's the same government that wants to nationalize and take over are the ones that literally created this problem. This is a problem. And we need to wake up 
Republican and so-called liberty, free market, whatever you want to call them, conservative politicians around the world, they need to be aware of this and they need to stop joining in on this. And that's what we're finding. Our, our leadership in Washington, D.C., for instance, Sheila, Kevin McCarthy, Mitch McConnell, none of them could care less. Kevin McCarthy is in on the Republican climate solutions. He's all in on climate's a problem. It's a crisis. We need net zero. But we're going to go about it through carbon capture. and We're going to go about it through planting trees. It's this pathetic answer from our Republican leaders here in the United States of here's how we're going to fight this. No, you're not going to do anything because anything you offer is going to be me too. It's going to be pathetic. No liberals are going to like it. No one's going to respect you. You're going to turn off your, your people who should be voting for you and you're not fighting the real enemy, which is the insidiousness of this agenda because what's happened here, COVID opened the eyes of the world of how to turn the once free West into Chinese one-party authoritarianism. Climate is the way to keep it going. And here's the perverse thing, Sheila, and I detail this a full chapter in the book. They're now saying unchecked climate change leads to more viruses. So we're now in real time watching the Harvard School of Medicine, the British Medical Journal, the journal Nature, and other studies literally combining climate and COVID together. So now, if you don't support the UN Paris Agreement or the Green New Deal or Net Zero, you're a grandma killer because unchecked climate change is leading to you know more viruses. They have really thought this out they have all the organs, and I'm heading to Egypt, the yeah. UN Climate Conference, uh, and I can report back firsthand on what I'm finding here, but but this is clearly what's going on. They're combining COVID and climate. They want to do this through an emergency measures, more executive orders, no democracy, and they're pretty confident they can do it. And you know what? Given the opposition, I'm pretty confident they're going to get away with it too. And I'm not excited about midterm elections here in the United States. There's a lot of good people that are going to win, but unless they clean out the Republican leadership in Washington, the most we can hope for is it won't be as extreme at this point. Of course, they're going to Egypt because, you know, it's probably the hottest here on record, right? <laughs> but they're, the not just going, they're not just going to Egypt. They're going to, it's called Sharm el-Sheikh, and I may have reversed that. It's a re Egyptian resort on the Red Sea. On the Red Sea, uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, the hotels and the resorts there are, in, are phenomenal. I can't complain. I have to go cover it, of course. But <laughs> my complain. point is, this goes in line with previous meetings from everywhere from Cancun to Bali, Indonesia, yeah, yeah. to South America, very exotic Hey, Mark, why don't, so why don't they ever way. have in 50 below in Canada all these... You, you, <laughs> we, we get you know, to, one, to be fair, one session I went to, it was 2004, they actually held it in Montreal in December and it was cold and snowy and they also had it one time in Copenhagen that was cold and snowy <laughs> and, and so, so we had the gore effect, but those are the only <laughs> two that come to mind. They've had a couple dreary ones in Poland too over the years, but there are big ones and the ones that they like, and this is going to be a cover your bleep session for the United Nations. The whole <laughs> yeah. point of this climate yeah. summit in Egypt is yeah. to deflect blame of the green energy policies for literally the global disaster that's reducing presidents of the United States to begging OPEC and Venezuela for oil while he won't allow oil in Texas and Pennsylvania to flow freely. Well, it's amazing because where were you when you were, you got kicked out in the desert? Are you going to do the Moses leading the people out of Egypt this time? <laughs> yeah, I was in Marrakesh, Morocco. That's and right. they literally, I, I did the Trump cardboard cutout. I had a copy of the UN Paris Agreement. We had a paper shredder. I started shredding it. And within minutes, it was outside the media tent. And people had been doing stunts all week, but they selectively enforced the rules against me. They had United Nations armed cops immediately came in, confiscated my Donald 
Trump, confiscated my paper shredder, and literally took me and Craig Rucker, the president of CFAC, and manhandled us outside the conference, and we were literally thrown into the desert, into the sand. We had to walk several football fields. I make it to the entrance of the UN Climate Conference, where then more armed UN security cops come back over to me, confiscate my briefcase, all my papers inside. I never got the papers back, and they then banned us from the conference, and that was the end of it. We were left to wander in the desert. Which works out well, because now you know what all these guys in the Bible went through, right? <laughs> so, so, but the point is, yeah. here's the reflection. I mean, you said the word insidious. It really is evil. You mentioned these United Nations climate cops. I mean, let's not forget who said the credible United Nations peacekeeping will enforce. I mean, we've heard that clip from old Pappy Bush. Nobody really paid attention to these United Nations climate cops. But I mean, did you see Glenn Beck covered this, the Armory and Canada? You want to look at what climate enforcement looks like, Mark. You and I talked about the climate lockdowns, but we were way ahead of the curve talking about the COVID, uh, sorry, the pandemic lockdowns. You and I were very ahead of the curve. You said it three years ago on my show. Listen, the climate lockdowns aren't coming. They're here. I mean, they want us eating the bugs. You got these Klaus Schwab bragging that he owns all of Trudeau's cabinet. Listen, I went to the doctor. I was so stressed out yesterday. And I told him, I'm suffering from climate change, doc. Well, okay, you gave me a lot to work with there. Yes, first of all, they want to add climate change to death certificates as a cause of death. Now, this came originally in 2020 from Australian academics at the Australian National University. It's now been adopted by, of all people, Extinction Rebellion. And they have now hospital workers protesting in London where they lay down on the sidewalk in front of their hospital. And then they issue death certificates, which actually have climate change as the cause of death. They're now claiming anyone who dies of heat stroke is all, you know, a climate change death. They diagnosed the first patient with climate change. This was at a British Columbia hospital, the head of the emergency department. So a whole doctor's group has formed about this. You're suffering from just about any ailment. Climate change is the cause. Your death certificate will back that up. What does that lead to, Sheila? Daily death toll counts. Television stations like CNN, MSNBC will have the daily climate change death toll. This is an emergency. We must act. And so this is the world upon which we live. Now, you mentioned the COVID lockdowns. The reason this was so shocking, and I, and I, you can go back to March 2020, I did an interview with Regulator Watch in Canada, where I laid out my opposition to 15 days to slow the spread, opposition to lockdowns. This was in March of 2020. What happened was, in 2013, Evo DeBoer, a United Nations top climate official, announced that the only way the world could actually, in reality, meet the UN Paris climate goal would be to shut down the global economy. Now, Was he being facetious? I don't know. But that was in 2013. Fast forward seven years, the entire global economy gets shut down ostensibly for COVID. And what happens? In in November of 2019, right before the COVID hits, like six months before they did the lockdown, the United Nations said we need to reduce emissions 7% a year to meet the UN climate goals. Guess what happens after a year of lockdowns in December of 2020? One year after the United Nations demanded a 7% cut. Again, this is November of 2019, long before anyone really heard a few people may have heard of covid by that point you fast forward to the end of 2020 and guess what global emissions dropped seven percent with 
the COVID global lockdowns. So let's repeat this. You have the United Nations saying in 2013, the only way to meet the goals is to shut down the global economy. In November 2019, you have the United Nations saying we need a 7% reduction, annual reduction to meet the climate goals. A year later, you get that 7% reduction. And now you know why climate activists love, love, love COVID emergency powers, COVID lockdowns, because they want to transition them, if I can use that word, uh, to climate change. So they're, they're, that is what the excitement is. They see that it works. They love this. And the UK Guardian actually had a, 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 hyped a study and actually had the headline, Lockdown Global Economy Every Two Years yeah. to Meet Climate Goals. So there it is. This is and I, I need to make this point, and you've read the book, but my book does not citing, oh, I got some obscure Greenpeace blogger, or look at this Friends of the Earth, I found this weird document where one of their members said this. I lead with what the British Medical Journal, what the Harvard School of Medicine, what the journal Nature says. Citations include Newsweek, Washington Post, New York Times, the BBC, USA Today. Everything I tried to do in this book, and I believe there's about 80 pages of footnotes, is mainstream sourcing. This is all out in the open. Nothing I have is, I have secret documents or secret sources or insiders say everything. And that's what I think people are going to be most shocked at, is that this is a happening out in the open. No one's even attempting to conceal the stuff that I reveal in this book. Well, listen, I mean, the book is ingenious. Like, I don't know who I used to think was more spooky. Bill, I want to kill everybody, Gates. And they're always smirking with, like, the Gates Foundation. If you go back and look at these clips, you know, you talk about grandma killers. Bill Gates is weirdly always smiling when he's talking about yes. killing people. And the thing is, like, you know, I've covered him for so many years. My publisher wouldn't let me publish... My mom, her name is Patsy. She's 72 years old. She was given a vaccine in 2010. She became an instant quadriplegic on a ventilator, and she still lives on a ventilator, which is amazing that, you know, because they said she had six months. But I interviewed like Del Bigtree and I went back years ago and Del Bigtree told me on air that I was a conspiracy vaccine kook. You know, years ago, we used to get called these crazy names. But you know, Mark, people are phoning me and saying, listen, I apologize, Sheila. I mean, you were right. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, you know, family, but this is the scary thing. Listen, this is no joke when it comes to the United Nations. These cops, I mean, being mad handled i was thrown in jail during covid arthur Pulowski, my pastor friend you know spent 58 days in jail under abhorrent circumstances known the guy forever but listen i went to the border to get over the states i had a bunch of speaking engagements i'm not kidding anybody out here they flagged my passport and said i was a terrorist because i'm anti-green so i'm like green gospel and people first bought it they thought oh this is going to be a great book on all the green movement and then they start yes. reading it and they go oh my god dear god and but like you said, I didn't just grab a bunch of obscure documents and articles out there. Like you just said, this is mainstream fake news on every one of these liberal lemming sites. I mean, the New Yorker posted this thing, you know, should we start with cannibalism years ago? You couldn't make these headlines up years ago, Mark, though. But why don't these guys have to go to jail like the Maury Strong's Al Gore's? We've always had 10 years left since 1972. What's that all about? Yeah, in fact, in my book, Green Fraud, the previous one, I, tr I was able to trace back the first climate tipping point or the earliest climate tipping point to 1864 when Abraham Lincoln was president. It was an academic named Marsh who said that unless mankind changes his way, we face climatic excess. And this is just something that they're never going to get rid of. They love that doomsday 
scenario. And now they're going to try to claim, again, these death tolls. And so what's happening here, though, is a rule by emergency power. So that's what's so important. To, what's so important to label the you know, death certificate, diagnosing people with climate, coming up with all the hype, scary scenarios, the climate tipping points, is to get the public condition to accept a declaration of climate emergency, which gives you these executive powers. Now, we know the International Energy Agency last year, actually earlier this year, had a report that laid out what an energy lockdown would look like. And by the way, the phrase climate lockdown comes from a George Soros, Bill Gates funded scientist, Mariana Mazzucato in Europe, who actually said it, we may have to resort to a climate lockdown. So people say, oh, you made up that term. Uh, no, someone funded by them, firmly part of the establishment, used the term climate lockdown. So in terms of the International Energy Agency, they're very open about car-free cities, thermostat controls, smaller square feet living. Let me just scare your audience for a second here. This is what's happening. Private car ownership is under assault. Boris Johnson's transportation secretary in, in the UK actually said owning a car is outdated 20th century thinking. The World Economic Forum is on record now as saying that car ownership is a bad idea for the climate and it creates excess emissions. You have Andrew Yang ran for president. He saw the end of private car ownership. And instead, you get roving fleets of rental electric cars you call up on on an app. The United Nations in their Vancouver declaration, and I believe this was either late 80s or early 90s, I don't have the date in front of me, declared that owning property, and now we're just talking about any property, creates inequity and a concentration of wealth. So it's very clear that this whole agenda is going toward you'll own nothing and you'll be happy, which is what the Great Reset is. That's the actual mantra from the World Economic Forum in Davos, Klaus Schwab's organization. And so I try to go in the book and I go back and show you all this. They're going after it. They're also going after it, and I want to mention this, so not just meat, the fake meat. Now, there's fake meat that's vegetable, that's like Impossible Burger, Burger King. That's one thing, and Al Gore invested heavily in that. But the most frightening aspect of this, Bill Gates, America's number one farmland owner, competing with China. He's now beaten China as the single largest farmland owner. His stated goal, and he'll have that with such impressive sway over agricultural policy and his money, is to make the Western world, all the Western world, Europe, Canada, United States, Australia, New Zealand, eat lab-grown meat. What is lab-grown meat? They get stem cells from a cow or a lamb, and then they get the unborn blood from either animal, and then they put them together in a lab. They have no immune system, so they're subject to illnesses and infections. And so what happens is they grow and grow, and then they get a 3D printer, and they put food dye, and they work on the texture, and it comes out from this blob in the lab, like an invasion of the body snatchers pod growing. And then they literally print up several ounces of meat a minute. The World Economic Forum brags that you can print your dinner on a 3D printer with these goo pods of animal meat. And people are saying, well, there are animals. So it's not fake meat necessarily because it's derived directly from an animal, but it's a mutant animal blob growing in a lab with lots of different additives and texture and preservatives and other things, then you print out on your printer and you can have your dinner that's technically real meat. This is what Bill Gates, this is what billions of dollars are being invested. Now you might laugh, but their stated goal is to ban meat eating. And aside from that, guess what we can do in the transition? They are heavily pushing insect eating. Thousand schools in Australia now being introduced in the Netherlands. They're introducing cricket-based and insect snacks 
it's a psychological operation. They're teaching these kids at age seven, eight, ten that they're eating insects, so that way it normalizes it. It's a psychop for these kids later, and that is what's going. On. World Economic Forum, United Nations, heavily pushing insect eating. Hollywood heavily pushing insect eating as well. This is what they're trying to do, and they're having unbelievable success. They're making meat more expensive. They're making food more expensive. They're making energy more expensive. They're making car. This whole idea of a car ban is to create. In the Western world, a vintage car capital like Cuba is. It's to create an East German style situation where the government says only one car is allowed. In the case of East Germany, it was the crappy East German Trabant, which you had to be on waiting list for years to get this piece of bleep car. That's what we're faced with here with gas car bans. Yeah. And you're only going to be able to get the one car, which takes the average electric car takes half a million tons of material to make one electric car, significantly higher than any gas powered car. There's not enough material mining in the world, rare earth mining, not to mention the fact that you're going to be relying on China, not to mention the fact that it's unethical energy from companies that have low environmental standards, poor human rights records, cobalt mined in Africa, which international human rights groups say children as young as seven, eight, nine. The whole thing is on its head. If anyone just scratches the surface of this agenda, yes. there's no way you could support it. But unfortunately, most Democrats support it and most Republican leadership have no problem or opposition to it. Wow. I mean, you're so right. And here's the thing. If you, you know, maybe spend $100 trillion, you can cool the earth by 0 0.003 degrees in 100 years. They always say the sea levels are rising 50 feet by next week. James Coltrane Hansen said the oceans were going to boil in 2016. Yes. In Canada, they built the biggest plant of cicadas and crickets. They have roast crickets available in ranch and jalapeno honey now for the kids. This stuff is straight out of the pits of hell. You mentioned Congo, Kenya, the cobalt, these stupid electric cars. It's filthy, filthy stuff. And nobody, the thing is, the gates of the world, whether he's buying up farmland, he's, did you say he's beating China on that, by the way? So I clarify. Yes, there was Politico, again, my mainstream sourcing, had an article a couple years ago worried about a Chinese agricultural land monopoly in the United States. And they're still buying up land, but Bill Gates has beaten them. So I was saying, hey, great, this America competition. But here's my question, Sheila. Who do you want to win that battle? Do you want China to win or Bill Gates? I'm not sure Bill Gates, even though he's an American, is a good victor there. <laughs> he's got too much power and influence. If China wins, you theoretically hope because they're a foreign entity, we could eventually toss them out. But, but here's the thing, and this may shock people. I think we talked about this before the interview, but it's amazing how there's a new alliances. I've all is forgiven for Robert F. Kennedy Jr. because he stood up on COVID mandates, lockdowns, vaccine mandates, stood up for freedom. I've forgiven him for calling the jailing of all climate skeptics at The Hague with three meals and a cot with all the other war criminals. And when I interviewed him in 2014, that's fine. I for, all is forgiven. Naomi Wolf, We've welcomed into this phase. I've reached out to her. I uh, actually had negotiations with her to write the forward to my book, but she ended up writing her own. But also people like Jimmy Dore and Russell Brand. It's amazing to see the new alliances forming between the old left and right, because now it's about freedom versus tyranny. And that's ultimately what we're dealing with here. And we need to embrace those on the left who get this. And there are many from Glenn Greenwald. One of the ones that shocked me was uh, Cynthia McKinney, who was a, the first African-American congressman elected in Georgia back in the 90s. And she was, I thought, just your progressive, typical liberal. She's come out strongly now against the Great Reset and against uh, even the COVID stuff. So I believe we need to have formed new alliances here. 
listen, I used to feel like I'm banging my head against the wall 10. I know you did too. What are the, the United Nations has like, what, 32,000 talking heads. You can't sometimes go up against some bought out media because we're, you know, climate deniers, climate skeptics. You were a climate criminal, you know, at the Paris Accord, they had your face up everywhere. So it's a great time to be alive. It's a scary time to be alive. But did you actually see this? I meant to go back to this. Glenn Beck off the blaze was really the only one that covered it. This armory in Canada where they have climate police, climate interrogation room. Yes, I did hear about that. I also heard about, I think it was on True North Media Outlet, the whole idea now that they've done, I guess, Freedom of Information Act, there were the government internal emails show they know the truckers weren't any kind of domestic terrorists, right. weren't rapists, weren't hate mongers, but this is the whole idea. They still want to set up this sort of counterterrorism stuff because they want to label any dis- enemies of the state. I mean, this is literally Canada, United States morphing into Cuba, North Korea, East Germany, and that's the goal. That's the inevitable result of these policies. This is what the World Economic Forum is cheering on. You have Bill Gates the largest single donor next to the United States government to the World Health Organization. That's right. What does the World Health Organization want to do? They want to do a pandemic treaty. Guess what the Biden administration is all in on joining? A pandemic treaty. So any Bill Gates-funded scientist can declare a pandemic, and then globally, any country sign on, ban on interstate travel, lockdowns, vax mandates, mask mandates, shutdown of economies. This is the most frightening thing. Now, they had the meeting last May, and luckily the developing world killed it this this round but the problem is their whole goal of something like a pandemic treaty is to shut out outliers like florida south dakota or sweden and get a global unified response which is now getting edging closer and closer to this and the other thing to mention here and it's very important is what happened in canada and i detail this in the book people losing access to their own money to insurance access to their own emails to their own social media accounts to whatever you have it's Gone. And we saw that with the Russian sanctions, Russian citizens using Apple Pay or Google Pay. Gone, gone, gone. Electric cars can be remotely shut down. Frightening stuff. So now we face a situation where if you don't go along with the dictates, emergency power dictates like, and I detail this in the book, countries where you didn't get the vax, you lose access to the money in your own bank account. Then you have the Bank of England announced that they want a central bank digital currency where the government is going to determine you can only spend money on what the government deems sensible. So if you want to buy a firearm or a cigar or meat or gas for your car, guess what? That's completely not sensible according to these standards. (laughs) And you have MasterCard partnering with the United Nations to do carbon footprint monitoring credit cards. The World Economic Forum loves it. It cuts off your ability to spend money when you hit your CO2 max. Think about this. This is a whole new world. Personal carbon credit scores. Journal Nature, all in. Guess what? They did a study. COVID has opened our eyes and conditioned the public to be more accepting of personal carbon credit scores, which the idea is you're not going to be able to spend your own money if it's not on things that government deems sensible. So it's going to have to be an electric car, vegan products. You can't spend too much on energy. You're not going to be able to buy firearms. You can't eat meat. Every idea that they think is woke or sensible, they're going to enforce. And that's why they want to have a cashless society. And that's why they're afraid of decentralized cryptocurrencies. The cashless society cometh because I got to Winnipeg during the truck. We were heading to Ottawa and get this. 
So I go to pay for a hotel that night. It was 46 below in Winnipeg. And all my cards were locked out. So the Toronto Dominion Bank closed my visa, my line of credit, all my bank accounts. And it was minus 40. I don't know if you know how cold that is. But but here's the thing, Mark. They don't want you driving an 860 horsepower car. Mini Mike Bloomberg has, what, three helicopters, 52 homes, 20 cars. Harrison Ford calls me a climate denier. He's got so many cars. Arnie Schwarzenegger is running around in a Dodge Charger. You know, he's going to lend his smart car with Leonardo to Greta. I mean, these people, by the way, they're not going for the Bill Gates lab-grown meat at the United Nations. You know that. They're going for the Whoppers. Yeah, yes, and we actually detailed that at the, at the UN Climate Summit in Madrid. They had a Burger King, and they didn't even offer their impossible burger, the fake meat at that conference. It was all people lining up for the real meat Whoppers. And all these UN summits, they all have one thing in common. The airports fill up with the private jets of the corporate, of the of the government leaders, of the Hollywood celebrities. Harrison Ford's been at these, Leonardo DiCaprio, Greta Thunberg. This is going to be all the, the jet setters coming in. Prince Charles, now King Charles has always come. Typically, Jeff Bezos has come, Al Gore comes, John Kerry comes. And you can bet most of them, if not any of them, are not flying commercial. And so that's one thing that they do. And they, they, the carbon footprints of these UN summits are literally bigger than most African nations years combined and this is only a two-week conference that they can generate that kind of carbon footprint so that is the other thing that we're dealing with here is that the all of these things that we're talking about you'll own nothing you'll be happy you'll have no privacy life will never be better meat will be a rare and expensive treat these are all tenants of the great reset everything you want will be delivered by drone uh, the US will no longer be a world superpower etc etc this is not going to apply to any of the Davos jet setters they're still going to have private planes private jets, private yachts. They're going to have private chefs. It's not going to affect them. It's very similar to the old Soviet Union where the Politburo would be in charge and they would they would be able to live one way and us, the masses, would live the rest of the way. And that's really what the Great Reset is. It's, it's a belief, it's an ideology that we, the unwashed masses, can't be left to our own devices, that every aspect of our life has to be controlled, managed, down to, you know, what we can eat what our thermostat temperature down to a degree can be. And we're seeing this in Europe. People are being now threatened with jail if they make their houses too warm in the winter. And so this is what we're facing. And so so the idea here is if left to our own devices, they actually believe will create inequity, racism, environmental destruction, a climate crisis, and we need credentialed experts to rule every aspect of our life. That is the great reset. And that's what I go through in the book. And I detail that through the, the lockdowns, kill chapters. I detail it, how we're, they treated us like prisoners of war. They violated the tenets that most prisoners of war get treated during these lockdowns. And it was very similar. You're not allowed to isolate the prisoners. We were isolated. I go through all those details. I have the chapter on yes. the, the uniting with the left. And yes. then, of course, I have two chapters on the climate COVID connection. I have the origins of the Great Reset. Bill Gates, you mentioned earlier about the media. Over 300 million dollars to favorable media from everything from NPR to ABC News to PBS, and he gives up tens of billions annually. That's why you'll never see. Have you ever seen Bill Gates in a hostile interview? It doesn't happen. He's always gets softball questions, and they're always friendly and nice because they're paid infomercials for Bill Gates Enterprises. I'd like to interview Bill Gates. I'd like to meet him in a back alley, actually, along with Michael <laughs> E. Mann. I'll give him a little hockey stick therapy. 
Mr. Hockey Stick. But Klaus Schwab, I mean, this executive chairman of the World Economic Forum, this German engineer. I mean, when did these guys all become climatologists and doctors? As you just mentioned, these donations are out of this world. He's the biggest donator, by the way, to other places like World Economic Forum. It's always the who's who of these global hucksters. But this bookmark, I have to say, again, every year you keep crashing these thresholds because I used to love your last book was... I thought Green Fraud was amazing, but Green Hell the movie. That's what we got to do next year, Mark. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. They have to get this book. They have to get a couple copies. Like I said, neighbors, friends, teachers, where can they get it? And really, what's the best way for people to support Climate Depot, CFAC? Send them a donation. I mean, Mark's got to go off to these death cult meetings to suffer through that, what I call torment and torture. Alex Newman suffered through an hour of Al Gore's depopulation, ubiquitous population control. I mean, where are you going to hear that except if you're suffering through these things, Mark? So tell the folks how they can support you and get the book. The group I work for is called Committee for a Constructive Tomorrow, cfact.org. You can actually buy my book there too, but you can also buy it still on big tech, things like Amazon. But if you don't want to support Amazon, you can go to the cfact.org bookstore. And you can also get it directly from my publisher, Regnery Publishing as well. And essentially the book goes through from A to Z. It gives you the origin of the Great Reset. That goes back to Woodrow Wilson's presidency, 1913 in the United States, where this belief ideology of the ruling class class elite that people needed credentialed experts to rule every aspect of their life. This continued to the 1930s, and one of Roosevelt's advisors, a man named Stuart Chase, actually did a primitive version of the Great Reset in 19, I think a 1942 book, where he actually lays out nationalizing energy, communication, and propaganda. He actually used the word propaganda. Nationalizing our food system, nationalizing our transportation system. So that's the goal. And by the way, that's what they want to do now. A national charging grid for electric cars. Imagine the next covid or a next viral emergency they can shut down a federal charging system overnight yeah and therefore they don't even have to issue a lockdown order they can just stop you from moving because that's ultimately what they want they want you to be you know everything you want will be delivered by drone you'll own nothing and be happy you won't own anything and i'd already talked they're going after private property rights freedom of movement free speech and i also have a huge chapters on big tech censorship Big tech censorship is government censorship, violating First Amendment speech rights. We now know this beyond a shadow of a doubt, all the collusion between Anthony Fauci, the media, between the Biden administration and big tech and banning people and banning websites. It's unbelievable. And so anyone, any idiot out there who's like, hey, I'm a libertarian and these are private companies. They can do whatever you want. No they're not. They are colluding with government in the oldest definition of fascism, literally government corporate collusion to crush free speech and freedom generally. And I talk all about that. We're seeing this happen again on every level. So the book goes through all that and I end on hope. It's a great reject chapter at the end, the great resist. And I go through and talk about how even at the lowest level of opposition political system, the school board level is how we foment a revolution against this. And I use the case of Virginia, New Jersey, a couple other states where parent rebellions led to the toppling of in states of Democrat governors. It was shocking. Yes. Shocked the Democrats <laughs> so much. 
that they did focus groups and they ended up lifting the vax and mask mandates in every major liberal city from San Francisco, LA, Baltimore, Washington, Philadelphia, New York, because of these elections spurred on by p angry parents at school board meetings. Parents, by the way, who were willing to be labeled domestic terrorists by the Biden Justice Department. So there's a lot of hope. I end on hope, but the book is very comprehensive. It's also entertaining. I open up with a quote by Rod Sterling from The Twilight Zone. I feature a lot of good fun stuff from Bill Maher, who's now joined us in this fight against the Great Reset. I also have a lot of great George Carlin, old comedy bits in there. I think people are going <laughs> to enjoy the book. It's not a boring, dry, policy wonk book. No, like you usually write. It <laughs> I mean, it is Twilight Zone, but I love that the great, and again, folks, the great reject because, you know, there is hope. And that's always the amazing thing is when people get together, look what we did in Canada. The world was watching the truckers. Just on a final note, the Emergency Measures Act that Trudeau called in with the United Nations cops that were beating Canadians and kicking people in the head. Those weren't normal cops. I have all the B-roll footage. I mean, this stuff was scary. But as you said, Mark, I mean, when you're living in 1984 meets Brave New World, as I put in Green Gospel in Chapter 2, and that was like, you know, back and I started writing it in 2009, when you have ubiquitous population control and, cl and lockdowns, shakedowns, me being an anti-vaxxer, what does that mean? <laughs> they changed the definition of anti-vaxxer. Anti-vaxxer now includes anyone opposed to vaccine mandates. And it never right. historically, according to Merriam-Webster Dictionary, it had not previously been defined as such. I find it interesting that these guys will call us an anti-vaxxer and they'll say, oh, this kid died of this. People are dropping dead all over the world. World. I posted on Facebook, you know, a lot of people got a little bit upset, but I said, this is the year. 2022 is shaping up to be the year of died suddenly. Isn't that amazing, folks? But here's the kicker. Yeah. You mentioned immune systems. That's the whole idea is to demolish people's immune systems. People were dying of car crashes and they were saying it was COVID. I mean, I think a lot of people are starting to wake up. I'm getting emails and this is a very hopeful thing. People saying, Sheila, I really regret getting that. And you know what I'm not saying? I never said, I really regret not getting the vax. I really regret not having to be put on remdesivir or a ventilator. The problem is, Mark, that this is the green hell that Steve Malloy predicted 30 years ago. I mean, it's incredible. But guys like you are actually the reason now that things are turning around. So I want to, on a personal note, thank you for your... Tell folks how long you've been going to these death cult meetings. <laughs> it's been over 20 years now. My first one, well, actually exactly 20. My first one going to these UN meetings was the, the Earth Summit in Johannesburg, South Africa in 2002. Wow. And that was an eye-opening experience. Our organization has been going to these meetings since the early 1990s, including Kyoto meetings and everything. So we've been, we've been the one group. And it used to be Phyllis Shafley's uh, Eagle Forum used to be another group that did it. But I'm not aware of any other group that monitors from a critical perspective. And that's what CFAC does done so we're looking forward to going to egypt because we're going to be exposing i intend to be doing daily reports check climatedepot.com i'll be doing video reports and i'll be doing media i think i'm going to be on mark stein's uh, oh, great mark britain stein, tv I news show mark. doing reports from egypt as well if there's a billionaire out there feel free to write a check to CFAC and <laughs> how many zeros can you put on it? I mean, hey, right. we're up against Billionaire Club of Gates and Bezos. And anyway, Mark, listen, I really, really on a personal note, again, I think I speak for my audience. We cannot thank you. I mean, people say that all the time and it sounds sort of cliche, but thank you for what you do. And we're going to be praying. Everybody, 
prayers up for Mark going off to, uh, you know, leading the people out of Egypt here. <laughs> Mark Moses Morano. Appreciate have, <laughs> Thank you for your support. Thank you very much.